What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. Welcome to August. Welcome to football. We missed you, football. Welcome back. Wednesday, August 1st, 2018. This is our daily CBS Sports NFL Podcast. I am Will Brinson. I am your host. I am taking you through the season Monday through Friday, all the way to the Super Bowl. Excited to do it. A little kick and pep in my step today. Got Bryant McFadden, BMAC of CBS Sports and CBS Sports Sports HQ fame coming up. And by the way, if you're wondering what CBS Sports HQ is, let me tell you. It's a live streaming video service with up-to-the-minute news, highlights, analysis, fantasy advice, gambling advice. Frankly, it's a perfect recipe of sports. Watch it, and you'll be a smarter sports fan. That's it. That's the goal. No nonsense. Just make you a smarter sports fan. It's free on any connected device, your phone, computer, Roku, Apple, you name it. CBS Sports HQ is there. I'm on it. BMAX on it. All the biggest CBS Sports names are on it. Never miss a big moment. Always know the smart angle in sports. Check out CBS Sports HQ. While you're at it, go ahead and su- subscribe, rate, and review the Pick 6 podcast. Um, as I mentioned, I got depressed that there's another Pick 6 podcast out there. You guys helped us jump them. That was fantastic. Greatly appreciate it. Um, and on today's show with BMAC, just, uh, to, you know, we like to pull you guys behind the curtain. So just FYI, we recorded it on Monday and Sam Darnold hadn't signed. And then of course, as you, if you listen to the podcast or followed the news yesterday, Sam Darnold did sign. But I still think it's an applicable conversation because we talk about Roquan Smith. And I wrote about this for CBSSports.com. You can go read it there. I think, and I, I said this, I say this in the conversation with BMAC, I think that the Bears and Jets are, are mangling the approach to signing their first-round picks. And they're, they're using this convoluted language, um, trying to get these guys to agree to stuff that, that you never hear first-round picks ever have to agree to. And to me, it's a little bit ridiculous. So... Um, so just, you know, that's why, uh, elsewhere in house cleaning news, the pick six podcast pick em league is happening. It is live. It's up pick six pod dot football dot CBS sports dot com. It's a lot of dots. I know, but, um, I'll tweet out a link. You can join it. We'll post news about the podcast there, et cetera, et cetera. And we're going to have prizes, more details on that forthcoming. Um, I think that's it for the house cleaning stuff. We'll get to some news and then we'll hit up BMAC. Stephon Diggs signed a five-year, $40 million deal with the Minnesota Vikings. Good for Stephon Diggs. He gets paid. Um, really good for the Minnesota Vikings, who have now signed another star young player to a below-market deal. Um, Diggs is going to make $14.4 million, and that ranks ninth among all wideouts, which is, you know, Stephon Diggs, if you're ranking him, he's probably like the ninth best wideout in the league? I don't know. I mean, ninth best wideout not a rookie deal? I don't know. Something in that range. But it's but like, would you take Stephon Diggs or Jarvis Landry? For me, that's a no-brainer. Give me Jarvis, I mean, excuse me, give me Stephon Diggs. Uh, would you take Stephon Diggs or Sammy Watkins? Sammy Watkins only 24, but injury prone. Uh, you might lean Diggs. Certainly Diggs is going to go sooner in your fantasy draft, right? Um, and so that makes it a little bit odd that he signed the deal because Diggs, could have played out the 2018 season. He could have had a monster year and he could have hit free agency and gotten really paid. And instead he, you know, he's decided to, to re up with the, the Vikings. Now it's worth noting Diggs has never had a thousand yard season, never had a hundred catch season, 200 catches in three years, 
Tops at 900, 903 yards, has averaged over 10 yards per catch every, every season, 13.3 last year and eight touchdowns. He's just 24 years old. He'll turn 25 in November. A promising young receiver was taken in the fifth round out of Maryland. Um, you know, excellent at tracking the deep ball could potentially have a real breakout season with Kirk Cousins now in Minnesota. Um, and, and look, they've got Kyle Rudolph locked up. They've got Kirk Cousins locked up, Adam Thielen. Stephon Diggs, Davin Cooks on a rookie contract. This is an offense that's in place to be impressive for the next three three years or so. I mean, you know, depending on what Cousins does. And defensively, of course, they they signed Daniel Hunter this earlier this offseason. Credit Rick Spielman having a really good offseason. Rick Spielman, keep it up. Uh, not sure there's anybody left to sign. Anthony Barr needs a new contract, but the beauty of this signing of Stephon Diggs signing is that they can now place the franchise tag on Anthony Barr, prevent him from leaving if they choose to do so. So that's a big plus there for the Minnesota Vikings. And when you look at just what they have, I mean, it's not inconceivable that the offense could carry this team if the defense decides to have some sort of regression. I don't, I don't think that's going to happen, but if it does, they have that opportunity there. If I'm Diggs, I would have – maybe he's, he's, he must be happy in Minnesota because I think he could have played out this season – you play a little bit of chicken with the franchise tag, uh, in terms of, you know, making the Vikings decide, do they want to tag Bar? Do they want to tag Diggs? And then, but, but, you know, you were a fifth round pick. Who knows what can happen? You lock up this kind of money for the long term future. That's a good thing for Stefan Diggs. So good for him. Good for the Vikings. Win win situation here, even if he didn't maximize his deal. He will hit free agency under the age of 30, so that's good too. Uh, Richard Sherman up in the news on, on this Wednesday and Tuesday. The 49ers cornerback ripped the NFL's new targeting rule. Uh, we're going to talk about that with McFadden as well. Because there's this, and I think I mentioned this maybe on Tuesday show, but the Eagles were very confused after meeting with the NFL referees about how the hell they're going to hand out the punishments when it comes to this. Rule. I mean, it's, it's, it, look, it's going to be a big mess early on. There's going to be targeting issues. People are going to get mad. That's okay. That's just what happens with new rules. We're going to have to deal with it. Uh, but Richard Sherman said it's going to be a disaster. He's not wrong. Uh, he also said that Jerry Jones has a plantation mentality. Uh, in light of Jerry's anthem comments, we talked about those yesterday as well. Jerry Jones has received, if you'll note, very few favorable reviews. Not many people have given him a positive review. I'm sure you could find people that have given him a positive review for his anthem comments, but most players, um, you know, including Malcolm Jenkins of the Eagles, I believe called him a bully. And yeah, the, the Cowboys themselves are fine with it, but Richard Sherman wholeheartedly disagrees. Jerry's probably fine with it. All press. Whether it be bad or good is good press for Jerry Jones. Tim Couch had some interesting words on Baker Mayfield telling ESPN.com that it's he doesn't think Baker should start right away. It's a big jump, Couch said. I don't care how high level you played at in college. I played in the SEC, a very fast conference, a very physical conference, but it was still a huge jump for me getting used to the speed of the game and the size of the players and just learning how complex defenses can get. It looks great out here in day five of training camp, but it's very basic right now. Even in preseason, there'll be basic looks they give you. As the season goes on, you get more complex looks, and it gets harder and harder on a rookie quarterback. So you have to bring those guys around slowly, especially when you're on a football team that hasn't had a lot of success. I think in this case, and Craig, like Tim Couch, looking good. Looking sharp, Timmy Couch. Um, I think we can give him the benefit of the doubt that he knows what he's talking about. And as Jason Lockenfora reported on Tuesday's show, 
very likely that the Browns ride Tyrod Taylor as long as humanly possible to avoid throwing Baker Mayfield in there. They can't have another quarterback meltdown, certainly from a rookie quarterback um, on their hands, not not after last season's 0-16 disaster. Doug Baldwin, Seahawks wide receiver, is dealing with a knee injury and is set to miss multiple weeks per Pete Carroll. He's not expected back in padded practices until mid-August. Quote, we're going to give him a couple of weeks here before we bring him back to make sure we ramp him up properly, Carroll said. We came into camp a little bit off and just wanted to make sure we take care of him. This is a big red flag. I, I, look, Doug Baldwin was going to be a massive chunk of this, take care of a huge percentage of this offense. Even if they tried to run the ball with Rashad Penny, Doug Baldwin was going to be a big player in this, and he's a guy that was going in the second and third round of fantasy drafts uh, already. I think you have to hesitate. If you're drafting in the foreseeable future until you see that Doug Baldwin's back on the field. I mean, I, I'm not comparing it to Odell Beckham, but you know, I, I sort of am. You know, if you deal with knee injuries in the, in the in training camp before you even get to the preseason, it's possible that stuff can linger. And so yeah, I think you have to be careful about that. And for the Seahawks, this would be devastating. Um, you know, when you look at the Seahawks depth chart at wide receiver, uh, not great. They got Tyler Lockett and Brandon Marshall. Neither one of those guys are necessarily health health machines. They have Jerron Brown and Marcus Johnson and David Moore and Cyril Grayson and Tanner McAvoy. Am I naming Seahawks wide receivers or Nick Cage characters? I don't know. Maybe you don't know. Uh, Keenan Reynolds, Amara Darbra, Caleb Scott. Anyone interested in these guys for their fit? No, no. Look, Rashad Penny might end up carrying the ball 400 times this year if Doug Baldwin's not healthy. And, of course, they no longer have uh, Jimmy Graham there, Nick Vanette, and Ed, Ed Dixon, sleeper for fantasy this year. I'm not even kidding. Ed Dixon is a guy you could potentially target. Um, in podcast news, I was on Trademark Sports with Tyler Morona. Check that out on iTunes. Really good conversation about the NFL. Um, fun dude to talk to. And uh, Pete Prisco is going to be on Pardon My Take on Wednesday as well, telling Tom Coughlin stories. Funny how Pete saves his good stories for PMT, huh? Good for you, Big Cat. Good for you, buddy. No, I'm just kidding. Pete uh, Pete was telling one story about a mohawk in, in, in the preview video they did. And uh, Pete tells funny stories, and he probably cut loose on that podcast. And hopefully uh, the Big Cat and, and PFT, PM, yeah, PFT, had some stuff they can embarrass Prisker on. We'll find out, uh, but make sure to check that out. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at, pot, at Pick6Pod. Again, uh, and if you're interested in the Fantasy League, if you already tweeted me, you don't need to tweet me again if I didn't, unless I didn't respond to you, uh, then follow up. But uh, we will try and put a league together. Don't know how many people, um, but, you know, trying to gauge the reaction. So if you're interested in the Fantasy League, tweet me at Will Brinson or tweet the podcast at Pick6Pod. Uh, or email me. You can email me your fantasy questions at willbrinson at gmail.com. I'm answering them right now. I'm trying to avoid. I'm going to Vegas on Thursday, trying to avoid um, getting my to-do list done. It's a big to-do list, so I would much rather answer your fantasy questions. So I appreciate that. Uh, in the meantime, let's go talk to Bryant McFadden. All right, Bryant. What's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing great, Will. How you doing? Uh, I'm doing great. I mean, football's here, right? Is this? Yes, sir. When you, when I mean, as a is it, I mean, obviously it's different as a player than as an analyst. Do you get the same sort of vibes once training camp's here, late July? You can kind of feel it in the air. You know, the NFL Network constantly running um, training camp stuff. 
everybody's talking about football, getting prepped for football. It, it, like, it, is it, does it feel as good to make the shift from off season to preseason as an analyst as it did a player? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it, it, it does not. <laughs> I think as a player, you know, your energy is a lot, a lot different because, you know, you're getting ready to go to battle. You're getting ready to embark on a journey trying to find a way to compete for a championship. Your adrenaline is at an all-time high. And you just, everything seems different around late July. You know, when you talk about summer being over, for players, the summer is officially over when you got to get your, you pack up your luggage. And for me, you know, playing the majority of my career in Pittsburgh, we always travel down to Latrobe, PA, and stay in these little dorms and these little rooms. But I really enjoyed and loved that process because there that's where we got an opportunity to really be around each other 24 7 and also come together for one goal a super bowl yes sir (laughs) sticky the the sticky lombardi (laughs) that's right yeah it's i think it's interesting a couple of storylines i want to touch on one i am fascinated by the current holdout and and I talked about this on CBS Sports HQ and I launched into the Jets over this. I'm fascinated by the Jets decision to let some ticky tacky stuff get in the way of getting Sam Darnold, their rookie quarterback, um, into camp. So this is from Rich Semini of ESPN, uh, basically breaking down why Sam Darnold hasn't signed a contract yet. The Jets and Darnold's camp aren't fighting over money per se. Uh, the two sides are haggling over contract language, um, that is, while the inclusion of an offset clause remains an issue, the major sticking point appears to be default language pertaining to the guaranteed money. Under the Jets' proposal, Darnold's entire guarantee would void if he's fined and or suspended by the NFL for disciplinary reasons on or off the field, i.e. a violation for substance abuse or performance-enhancing drugs or improper conduct. Are you surprised that the Jets would allow this sort of, I mean, it's pedant, it's, it's silly. It's pedantic to get in the way of the number three overall pick in the future franchise quarterback to get into camp. Yeah, I'm surprised. Now, let me get this straight. There, There's an issue with the language, and the language is pertaining to substance. Right? So, so ba- here's the basically, to boil it down, the Jets want to include a clause that if Sam Darnold is fined or suspended, or suspended for PDs, for drinking, or for improper conduct, which is a very vague and broad sweeping thing that NFL teams use, then they can void the guarantee in his rookie contract. Which does not make any sense for me, no. and here's why. Throughout his collegiate career at USC, Sam, to my knowledge, never had issues with anything substance-related or behavior-related away from the football field. So for the Jets, why would you want to include this when you're dealing with a pretty clean guy for the most part? And if he was not clean, why did you decide to make Mm -hmm. that high selection on the guy that you have concerns with away from the football field? Because to my knowledge, Sam did everything he was supposed to do on the football field and away from the football field. So if he has a clear record, if, he, if he's, he's he's never had an issue with substance or being fined on the collegiate level, I mean, we're not. It's not like we're talking about a Randy Gregory type of player, right? No, no, no. no. This this kid is. I, I talked to him for for the podcast like uh, two weeks ago and just 
briefly spoke to him while he was at this Gatorade Player of the Year function. And I mean, not long enough to, you know, to like know the inner reaches of his soul or anything, but you can, I mean, like this kid is clearly grounded. He's smart. He's got a great family. Um, he's coming into, to New York with a level head. He wants to, he wants to, he, he's not overwhelmed by anything. And I mean, unless there's some serious skeletons that nobody knows about, the Jets are, are being extremely nitpicky here um, with a guy that they want to play for their franchise for 20 years. Yeah, it, it, it does not make any sense because we all know, based on what we've seen with Sam on and off the football field, he has no history with anything PED related, anything substance related. So why are the Jets trying to put this in his contract? And I, I... 100% support Sam and not signing that. That does not make any sense. One thing, if you had issues, okay, you can understand the logic from the organization trying to protect themselves just in case any of your bad history surfaces once again. But for Sam, he's been extremely squeaky clean as far as what we know, you know, far in the media. So it doesn't make any sense. So you know what, Sam? Stand your ground. Yeah. I'm with, I mean, look, I'm with you 100%. There's, if the Jets were worried about getting this clause into his contract, or if they're worried about offset language, which by the way, like, I mean, and you know, offset basically for the, for anybody who doesn't know is it basically means if the Jets were to cut Sam Darnold or trade, or if they were to cut Sam Darnold and he were to sign somewhere else, that they wouldn't have to pay him while he's playing somewhere else and let him double dip. Well, if that's a concern, Again, just like you said, Bryant, why did they draft him in the first place if you're mm-hmm. worried about him playing somewhere else within the next four freaking years? Like, this guy is – they couldn't believe they got him at number three. He fell in their laps. He's the potential best quarterback in this class. Um, and, you know, they accidentally won a bunch of games last year and, and, and thought they missed out on him. They get him anyway, and now you're going to – now you're going to break his – uh, bust his chops <laughs> to say the podcast friendly version over <laughs> offset language in the suspension language. To me, it makes zero sense. The other thing that makes zero sense, and I think that um, you as a uh, as a defender will be particularly apoplectic about this one: the Roquan Smith situation isn't getting enough uh, really attention either. So Ro- Roquan Smith, another top ten pick for the Chicago Bears, linebacker. Um, I love Roquan Smith as a player. You talk, you, you said it on the podcast. He's a dog. I mean, and, mm-hmm. and not, not in a literal sense of Georgia, but like this guy just <laughs> lay, he lays wood. But, uh, this is from Rich Campbell of the Chicago Tribune, um, writing the contract and pass between the Bears and rookie linebacker Roquan Smith centers on language governing whether Smith's guaranteed money could be reclaimed by the team if he were suspended under the new NFL rule that prohibits a player from initiating contact with his helmet. Matt, ah. uh, Matt Nagy confirmed it. He said that's part of the issue, and four additional league sources with knowledge of the situation confirmed to the Tribune it is indeed the root of Smith's holdout, which on Saturday reaches 13th day. In other words, the Bears want to take back money from his guaranteed deal if Smith is fined for playing freaking football. <laughs> now... This right here, <laughs> I think this tops the Sam Darnold contract dispute. Mm-hmm. Because technically you're finding a guy for doing what he's supposed to do, which is play fast, play physical. And mind you, when we all watch football as fans, we see penalties in favor of the offensive player based on what the referee believe to be helmet-to-helmet contact 
And how many times have we looked at a review? And clearly there was no helmet to helmet contact. And me personally, as a former player, if you're a Roquan, why is your organization the only organization to our knowledge that they're trying to implement this language? Mm-hmm. The other defensive players that went extremely high in the draft, I have yet to hear their team try to implement this horrible language. For a defensive player, plays linebacker, a guy that's physical, and clearly he was drafted extremely high because, like you said, he's a dog. He's sideline to sideline. He plays with reckless abandon, no seat belt, and you love that as a defensive player because that that's what you need, but now you're trying to put in his contract, hey, for whatever reason, if you're fined or you're suspended throughout your rookie campaign, we can get money back? It's really, cr- Chicago? Yeah, it's crazy, and um, and we'll talk about this a little bit more uh, as as it goes to the helmet rule. But the problem is not only is so the Bears are saying we want to take money. The Bears want to take money back if he's suspended or fined for violating the helmet rule. But nobody knows what the helmet rule is. The new rule that's being instituted by the NFL this year. Well, we know what it is, sort of, is that if you lower your head and initiate contact, you could be, you could be, it's basically the, the targeting rule. You can be flagged, fined, and thrown out of the game. It's up to the referee's discretion. But the problem is we haven't seen any clear indication from the NFL or from anybody in the, in the referee, the, the, the officiating department, any clear indication at all that they know when and where this rule is going to be instituted. For instance, Brian, it's totally possible that if Tom Brady on a sneak on the goal line is fined 15, fined, flagged 15 yards and thrown out of the game for lowering his head as he dives across the end zone, that would be asinine and stupid. My guess is that this is going to come down on defensive players who are, as you very well know, are making split second decisions while flying around the field and trying to knock down other giant human beings. I mean, it's, it's just, a, it's not possible, right? It's directed to one side of the football field, the defensive players. Now we've seen some incidents before in the past, going back a year ago, primetime matchup between Chicago and the Green Bay Packers in yes. Lambeau Field, the Devontae, uh, uh, Adams. Adams tackle from Danny Trevathan. Clearly, clearly that was a penalty and they called it right. But other situations, and when I watch some of the highlights, I guess the league has been using as potential grounds for what's a penalty and what's not a penalty. When you look at the Super Bowl matchup when Malcolm Jenkins just depleted Brandon Cooks, Mm -hmm. that was a legal hit. That's a legal hit. Granted, during the game, there was no penalty called, and I'm glad the referees got that called right. That should be the standard because there was no helmet-to-helmet contact. It was all shoulder. It it was a physical blow, but it was a legal blow. Those should be the, the that should be the standard as far as what's legal and what's not illegal. Danny Trevathan led with his helmet. That is a no no. That's what you're trying to take out of the game. But Malcolm Jenkins, that was a great tackle. I mean, that's what you call a woo hit. Woo! <laughs> when you hit a crowd, say woo like Ric Flair. That's what we call a woo hit, and that's legal. That should be the standard, in my opinion. Uh, you're not wrong. Now, here's where it gets interesting, and this is a great segue by you to developing a rapport here, because the Eagles are – there's actually an article, I think, uh, Shiel Capita of The Athletic and also Tim McManus of ESPN.com 
spoke to players from the Eagles. And the Eagles had a presentation this week, according to McManus, with NFL re- referees on this new helmet rule. Uh, I'm going to read a couple of quotes. So Nigel Bradham uh, said, We were trying to ask questions to get a better understanding, and yet they couldn't really give us an answer. They couldn't give us what we were looking for. Talking about, you know, they were just asking questions like, when is this new helmet rule going to happen? Um, and, you know, it's again, lowering the head to initiate and make contact with the helmet against an opponent. During the presentation, which lasted close to an hour, according to Bradham, players were shown clips of what are now considered illegal hits, some of which appeared to them as routine tackles. And this is where it gets real interesting. Seeking further clarification during the Q&A that followed, the players showed the presenters a video of safety Malcolm Jenkins hit on Brandon Cooks in the Super Bowl, the one that you were just talking about, Bryant, that knocked Cooks out of the game. The referees were split on whether or not it would now be considered an illegal hit. This is a disaster waiting to happen. Split. Yeah, clearly. So now the season is getting ready to start, and referees, the same individuals that will be on the field officiating the play, they're 50-50, right? So what's the standard? Like I said, I just gave the listeners a great insight on what the standard should be. Helmet to helmet, we've seen it multiple times. We've seen it a lot of times throughout the course of the year. My The best example I can give you is the Danny Trevathan tackle compared to the Malcolm Jenkins mm-hmm. tackle. There's no comparison. There was no helmet to helmet contact. So for the referees to be in that room with the Philadelphia Eagles, and they're basically in a split as far as saying, that's legal. That's illegal. That tells me this will be a very, very annoying year to watch good defense because you don't know what's the standard. That should be the standard, in my opinion. The Green Bay Packers, that should be an ideal coaching tape on what not to do as a defensive player. Helmet to helmet, that's when you talk about concussions. That's when you talk about life after football concerns there. We do not want that in our game. That is a no-no. Malcolm Jenkins, yes. Now, it may not be a yes for the offensive player receiving the blow because it hurts. But from the legal standpoint, that is where we're trying to go as far as tackling and still being able to play fast and physical. And to circle it back to the Roquan Smith thing, this is why if you're Roquan Smith and you're a top 10 pick and you know you're going to be a special player and you know that you're a hard hitter, and you know that you're going to come in and try and live up to the high standard set by Bears linebackers over the past 50 or 60 years, you cannot sign that contract because, again, if the referees are split on this, that means you're basically flipping a coin about your livelihood and your 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 the money that goes into your pocket based on what referee is on the field that day because you don't know how they're going to deal with it. Like if one guy might flag you and the NFL might find you and they they don't know what they're doing and it, it, to me it's just crazy. So I, I I'm with you, Roquan Smith. No way should he sign that contract. Shame on the Chicago Bears for even wanting to put that in a contract because the defensive players they just signed they just signed Kyle Fuller to a big time deal was that language in his contract mm. I, if it was will I highly doubt I doubt it <laughs> he would have signed that granted he's not the same physical player he doesn't play the same position as Roquan but I highly doubt his agent or agents would have allowed him to sign that lucrative deal knowing that hey there's a good chance any Illegal head-to-head contact, or you're fine suspended for anything hitting-wise. You could, they have to, they could get some money back. 
And, and like, does Anthony Miller have to deal with this? Like the second round pick who's a wide receiver? I, I, I mean, you know, he's a wide receiver. No, yeah, I, no, of course, of course, no, of course he doesn't. But I mean, it's, it's, it's very odd to me, Bryant, that a team would take Roquan Smith with a top 10 pick. I mean, under the, the presumption that you believe this guy is a special player, which you and, gonna, you and, and I you, both that's do. why you drafted him. <laughs> yeah, like, drafted like him. what the hell did you draft him for? To not hit people? Like, <laughs> I, I don't. To slow down and hit people? To, to play the, to play the game with a governor because he's worried that you're going to try and take his money if he's too aggressive on the field? I like that. Playing the game with a governor. <laughs> but I mean, it's true though. Like, th- this is where, this is where, and this makes me mad that Fans ultimately side with teams in these contract yes. disputes. Yes. Like this is crazy. The, the, the Bears are actively asking their top 10 pick hard hitting linebacker to be less of who he is and what they drafted him for because they're worried he might be fined and they'll have to pay the fines or they can't get the guaranteed money back from him. It is. I, I don't really know which one's more offensive, the Roquan Smith or the Sam Darnold one, but I think. Yeah. And, and really, I thought I heard it all. Today with the Sam Darnold the language <laughs> in his contract, but this Roquan might be wow. Well, but. and to circle back on the Roquan, I mean, on the on the Darnold thing too. I think this is interesting. Um, if you look at what is technically falls under contra- conduct detrimental to the team, theoretically, if Sam Darnold decided to to violate the anthem policy that the Jets had in place, I think they could uh, bust him for conduct detrimental. Because it's it's just that wide and sweeping, and then could theoretically take his guaranteed money if he was like taking a knee during the anthem, which you know is is not something that Sam Darnold has said he would do or could even think about doing. But it's an interesting approach to these rookie contracts. And as a player, you were you were drafted in the old CBA, so you yep. didn't you didn't have to deal with the the reduced wage scale. But I mean, these guys are they're making a lot of money, but it's a lot less money than they would have made ten years ago. No, no question, no question. It's totally different. And I think that's why players are making sure they cross every T and dot every I as far as the negotiating process with their agents, because it's not the same as it once was, what, over a decade ago, as far as top 10 picks getting around 30 and 40 million guaranteed. Everything is slotted. So you want to make sure that you get everything that you're supposed to get. And not to mention you're in a situation where you're being protected. Yeah. When the unthinkable happens, because as far as injuries, as far as with the Roquan Smith situation, you really can't control in the flow of a game where you're hitting a guy yet. You may not be trying to do that on, on purpose. That's not your intent, but it happens sometimes, especially when you're a fast flowing player. So you need to protect yourself. And not to mention, this is not a general rule for de- defensive players and contracts. If every rookie defensive player was mm-hmm. having this in their contract, then it's one thing. But you cannot single me out and say, you know what? You play physical. You play hard. Oh, by the way, that's why we drafted you in the top ten. But we're going to penalize you for doing that from here on out. I think or that, protect ourselves from here on out, to say the least. Yeah, like does, did Bradley Chubb sign something that said he would do this? Did um, nope. No, right. Derwin James and right. uh, Micah Fit. Fitzpatrick and, and guys like that. No. Yeah. No. It's Rashawn Evans, who's a physical player, uh, drafted first round to the Tennessee Titans. I, I didn't hear anything like that. Yeah. And I highly doubt if it was in their language, they would have signed. I don't think there's not an agent in the game that would allow his client to sign that deal playing defense. So would you as a player, 
Because it's, I mean, it's tough. Like, Roquan Smith doesn't want to make his teammates mad. He doesn't want to disappoint his teammates. No. He loves I'm... playing football. So does Sam Darnold. They both want to be there. Would you hold out as a rookie if you were, if you were dealing with that sort of contract? You have to. You have to. That, those issues does not make any sense, especially for Sam Darnold, a guy that has been a quality citizen away from the football field. Why would you sign that? And also, if, too, if you're a Jets player before, criticizing him from being away from the team. Make sure you do your homework and study and understand what's going on, and therefore you have more insight and understanding as a professional athlete. Yeah, that makes sense for him to be away. And the same can be said for Roquan Smith and his teammates there in Chicago. Speak up for him. If you know exactly what's going on as far as the issue with your first rounder not being in camp, especially if you're playing on the defensive side, you should have his back. You know, you don't have to disrespect their organization. I'm not saying that, but understand, listen, we play defense. There's not a defensive player in the league right now that will, that will be willing to sign that knowing how unfair the rule is to defensive players. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, if I'm a defensive player and, and let's not forget too that Ryan Shazier, who is now on the, you know, is not going to be able to play football in 2018. He suffered his, his spinal injury on a play where he lowered his helmet that, that would have been flaggable under the new rule because he initiated contact with his helmet. So you're talking about a situation where, in theory, the let's say, and obviously we hope that didn't happen to anybody, but like if Roquan Smith lowered his helmet and suffered some sort of spinal injury that not only damaged his ability to play football in the immediate future, but maybe even the long-term future, who knows what the Bears could do in terms of going after the con- – I mean, like if the language is in that is in the contract, they could say, hey – this is supposed to void X number of guarantees. Well, you just lost all four years of your, you know, of your, I mean, the, te- look, NFL teams are, are cutthroat when it comes to the cash that they can get from the players. And it wouldn't be surprising at all if they went after his money. I mean, the, the Steelers did the right thing by Shazier and bumped up his salary. And I think that's great. That shows kind of an organization they are. The Bears are doing the opposite right now by trying to drag this money out of Roquan. Yeah. I, it doesn't make any sense because they were hyped about the player. They wanted to draft him extremely high because of what he did on the collegiate level there throughout his career at Georgia. So now you're trying to tell him, yeah, we know how you play. And with that being said, there's a good chance you probably will be fined or suspended. And if that's the case, we're entitled entitled to get money back. No. Shame on the Chicago Bears. Just just right when I was starting to believe in the organization as far as (laughs) the personnel, getting all these guys on the football field defensively, now you're doing your rookie guy like this? Come on, it doesn't make any sense. Makes no sense at all. All right, we're gonna get out of here. This is uh, we we got through that fast. We're ranting on contracts, but it, it's important. Like Roquan, Sam Darnold should not stand down and and, and acquiesce no. to these contract demands. Uh, follow Bryant McFadden on Twitter at bmac underscore sports talk. Watch him on CBS Sports HQ and be on the lookout for another uh, podcast coming from him. Always fun, my man. Uh, same here. <laughs>